Well, it is so good to be in church today. I, I, I love vision offering and I love the special days in the life of the church. You know, we've just had conference and then vision offering and then we'll be into Christmas. What a fantastic season. And I just want to say again, it's so great to connect with Stocksbridge and Sheffield and Derby and here in Chesterfield. And if you're new in any of our campuses today, we want to give you a huge welcome. So come on church, let's do that. And then we can take our seats, take our seats. It's vision offering, and in vision offering, we get to talk about God's heart for the church, God's heart for people and uh, reaching people. And I, I'm just blown away. Uh, I knew this year we had to do a video of all that happens through Icon Church because when it goes day by day, you miss it. Was it 154 decisions, 500 and something new people, 440 people in connect groups, um, 25,000 hits on our Icon Open page where people join us and get resources from us. It's just incredible. And, uh, and I'm starting a series um, this morning called A Vision for an Integrated Church. And uh, just to share something of God's heart, I believe, for the future. One of the wonderful things about leading Icon Church is that we're passionate about keeping moving forward, aren't we? Well, in life, there are setbacks, there are seasons, there are things that happen, there are good days, there are bad days, but we are a passionate people about keeping moving forward, whatever comes against us. And so I believe that this message and these messages over the next three weeks give us a sense, a framework of where God is taking us in the next season of our, of our church across all of our campuses. So... 2020. One day we'll stop talking about 2020, which was meant to be the year of perfect vision and it became the year of lockdown, didn't it? But at the beginning of lockdown or just a few months into lockdown, something started to happen in the church. And I went on an 18-month journey internally and personally that I want to share with you the journey in about 18 minutes, an 18-month journey, um, and then just open up some things from that journey. We went into lockdown for the first time, March 2020, and something happened that year in the UK church. It was called panic. There's another five-letter word called faith, but that's not what was happening. It was panic in the UK church. People were saying, what will the future of the church look like? Will the church survive? One denomination said we can expect a 40% reduction in giving into the church. Get ready for it. And there were all these plans. There was so much fear and so much panic. Also, I noticed there was a lot of noise in the church world. You might have escaped this because we didn't, we didn't buy into the noise as Icon Church. We just kept believing that God would take us forward, remember? We were singing what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it for good. We were, we, we were still operating in another five-letter word called faith. But there was a lot of noise in the church world about toxic church, about... God is rebooting his church. God is going to reset his church. There was talk about celebrity pastors and not everyone coming back and that teams would be depleted. There was talk about we need to go back to basics. Um, we don't want to be driven as the church. We want to focus not on the many, but we want to focus on the few. There were loads of sound bites around. We need to make disciples, not decisions. 
Every disciple started as a decision, by the way. So never despise 154 decisions. And some people said, I've given up on attractional church. Now, what's attractional church? Now, for some people, we're an attractional church because we have an LED screen and we've got a smoke machine. That's what they think an attractional church is. In fact, people write articles against smoke machines. And I think, what's the smoke machine ever done to you? I kind of feel sorry for the poor old smoke machine. People, we're so intelligent in the church that we write articles about, against smoke machines. So I just want to come over to the smoke machine this morning and say, I love you. <laughs> Jesus loves you. You know? How do you feel about that? <laughs> the serious point was people were saying... Things like attractional church is over and I know one church that's not too far from us that said we'll never meet again on a Sunday. We'll stop meeting on a Sunday. They are now meeting again on a Sunday. One prominent leader in the UK left a large 900 strong church and said I just want to start churches of 25 people and then another two. I'll leave that church at 25 and I'll group at 25 and I'll start another group of 25 etc and I, I think if people are called to that that's fantastic but the challenge sometimes is that as pastors and leaders we can say the Lord's told me and any church that thinks differently they're missing the spirit and that's what I don't like you know, and I began to become uneasy, uneasy, because Jesus said this, Matthew 16, 18, I tell you, he's talking to Peter, that you are Peter, which means rock or rocky. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. If Jesus said he will build his church and that the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against it, then I began to think the church will prevail, even through a pandemic. If hell, yeah, if hell can't take the church out, then a pandemic isn't going to take the church out. Jesus will still do what he said. The Holy Spirit will not be stopped. People will still find Jesus. People will make decisions. People will may be baptized. By the way, we've got five people signed up to be baptized next week. And if you've never been baptized and you're in Stocksbridge, next Sunday night you can be baptized. You can sign up today in Stocksbridge, in Sheffield. If you've never been baptized, I want to encourage you, next week you can be baptized. If you're in Derby and you've never been baptized and make a public statement that I am a follower of Jesus, you can be baptized. And here in Chesterfield, if you've not yet been baptized, but you're a follower of Jesus, next Sunday night you can be baptized. 21 people so far this year have been baptized. We, if we were to turn that five to nine, we'd hit 30, which would be incredible, be the most ever in the life of Icon Church. So people were talking about three types of churches. You'll see this on the screen. They were talking about attractional churches. And we would be thrown, I guess, by many in that category, and they were saying that they're over. Like, nobody's thinking like that anymore. Communal churches, you know, churches of like 50 to 100, they're, they're the future. Or churches that are intimate even, smaller groups than that, 25, maybe 10, maybe three churches like that. 
And they were saying the future is more about discipleship. It's more intimate. And if you agree you're a dinosaur, you're missing the spirit. And I don't mind whatever a person is called to do, but I am never going to tell someone else that they're missing the spirit. And so I asked three questions, and they were these. Why do we have to choose? Why do we have to choose? Uh, Secondly, why do we have to polarize? Where do we have to say, I'm into this type of church or this type of expression and not that? Why do we have to criticize others, especially those who don't agree with us? As I be- this is an 18-month journey that I'm giving you in 18 minutes. As I began to think about this, I thought, well, it's nothing new. It happened in the New Testament, didn't it? It happened in the Corinthian church. Because it seems to me for 2,000 years... In the church, we have become some of the experts at falling out with one another. Don't you agree? So in the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 4, Paul has to write to the church and he says this, For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? See, in the church, they were starting to have divisions. I like Paul. I like Apollos. I like Peter. They were starting to have these divisions over different leaders. And Paul says, when you do that, when you polarize, when you separate, when you say, I'm into this but not that, you're actually just being human. Actually, he's saying you're just doing what human beings have done ever since Genesis 3, the fall. Where male and female were separate and polarized. Where Adam says to God, it was the woman you gave me. And I believe that every generation and every institution has has the possibility that it will create separation and polarize between genders and between sexes. The woman you gave me, male and female, but also between people that we will be against one another. And that can happen in every generation and also in every institution. And then, and then in the Garden of Eden, we actually fell out with ourselves. And we've, we've, we've had a bad relationship with ourselves ever since. You remember the man and woman hid? And God said, why are you hiding? Because we were naked and ashamed. We, we had fell out with the image of God that we were meant to carry. The, the image of God that he breathed into us. And suddenly we're no longer celebrating that, but we're naked and we're ashamed. We fell out with ourselves. We fell out with creation. Instead of ruling the serpent, we listened to the serpent. We listened to the eyes of the enemy. And then finally we fell out with God. It was the woman you gave me, Adam says to God, ultimately. And you're just being human, Paul says. You're just doing what humans have done. But then he goes on and he finishes his argument this way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, a few verses down, he says in 21 to 23. So then, no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Peter or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. And you are of Christ and Christ is of God. This is where we got the theme for our conference. It's all yours. It's all ours. Attractional, communal, intimate. It's all ours. And so I redrew what people were talking about like this. 
I drew it not just as a straight line of separate things, but as an interconnected triangle where attractional, communal, and intimate were having, having this interplay in the life of the church. What if you can have it all, I thought. Yeah. You know, in the UK, we've got a saying, haven't we? You can't have your cake and eat it, which is a really bad saying. Because why would you have cake if you can't eat it? It's just going stale, you know. What if it's all ours? What if we can have it all? What if it's all one? What if this interplay between attractional, communal, and intimate is constant? That there's this energy of the Holy Spirit. There's this frequency in the Holy Spirit where we can have it all. You see, I believe there's a work of the Holy Spirit in the church that is attractional that draws people to the church, that draws people to Jesus. I believe there's a work of the Holy Spirit that's community that joins us together in family and community where we love one another and we care one another. And I believe there's a work of the Holy Spirit that's intimate, that is personal, that happens in my heart and something that happens in your heart. I think it's all ours. So I've been teaching this to our staff and our team. It's all ours. I've been saying we will, so we'll be attractional. We'll continue to be attractional, but we won't just be attractional. We're on a mission to be as attractional as we can be. We're going to ride this as far and as fast as we can, but also we're going to be communal and we'll be a communal as we can be. And we're going to ride this as far and as fast as we can. And you've got it. We're going to be as intimate as we can be. We're going to see the work of the Spirit in the lives of individuals. Because it's what the Spirit did in the early church in the book of Acts. And so I want to read some verses to us now from the book of Acts because this is where I went to process all of this. This is where in that journey of listening and thinking and getting inspired, this is where I went to the first church. And here's what we read in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus is speaking to the disciples. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then in Acts chapter two, verses one to four, and also verse 38 and 41 to 47, it says this, Luke is recording what's going on in the early church. And it says, then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire on each One of them, sorry, it says this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, tongues of fire. And one sat upon each of them and they were filled, all filled with the Holy Spirit. What an incredible thing. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then finally in Acts chapter 4 and verse Acts chapter 4, I believe, verses 32 to 37, it says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. 
Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, and they laid them at the apostles' feet. And they distributed to each one as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to take an offering at the end of our service in all our campuses so that the kingdom of God and the work of God can go forward. And so I, through from those verses and others in the book of Acts, I came up with this. Don't get confused. That actually that first church was attractional. There were signs and wonders and miracles. There was the preaching of the gospel. People were making decisions and getting saved. They met in the temple courts out in the open. People could see what was happening in the church. They were witnesses. They were going about witnesses. There was great power and healing. There were crowds. You know, in, in that, all that noise, people were saying, the day of large church is over. But when I read the book of Acts, the, on the first day of the church, it starts with 3,000. Like, you can't get away from that. And then a little bit later, 3,000 respond, but a little bit later it says, now the number had grew to 5,000 men. On that first day, it was 3,000 everything. But then it just, a few chapters later, it's 5,000 men. So I want to quote Queen. Not Queen Elizabeth II, but the rock band Queen, who said, I want it all. I want it all, and I want it now. And this week, I want to talk a little bit about where we went with this as a church and where we're going with this as a church, and then talk a little bit about what it means for us to be an attractional church. So the first thing is that as a staff, we decided, we talked about this, we prayed about it. We want to be eight ministries strong, we want these eight ministries super strong in the life of Icon Church. And I don't know about you, but when I look at this, it's exciting. We want our teaching ministry to be strong. We want our creative, and April shared something of that in one of those videos. We want our creative to be strong. We want our kids' ministry to be strong. Our youth, anybody, anybody agreeing with any of this? We want our pastoral ministry to be strong in the life of our church. We want to care for people pastorally. We want discipleship, people growing as followers of Jesus and leadership development. We want that to be strong. We want prayer to be strong in the life of our church, across our church. And we want governance, finance, administration to be strong. It's why we put those letters, IPPMD. Dip. I'll tell you what that is. Institute of Personnel and Payroll Management Diploma. And April was ACA, I believe. Is that the Association of Chartered Accountants? So we put that up because we wanted to show we're serious about getting people who can lead these areas in our church. Now we look at those areas and we say, hey, we're strong in some of those areas. 
but we could be stronger. And then there are other areas we think, well, we've never really focused on that much as a church, so we can become strong in those things. And so right now I just want to share just three thoughts for us about being an attractional church. See, I can't understand people who say I'm done with attractional church because the first church was a church of thousands. It reached thousands of people. And the opposite of attractional is unattractional. It's like being 19 and saying, if you're a girl, like, I want to marry the ugliest boy I can find. Like, now you might do that, but you don't set out to do it. <laughs> I'm joking. And it's so often the work of God in others that attracts other people. Yeah. You know, I, Jeannie and I have pastored Icon Church now for 35 years. And um, over the years, we hear year after year after year after year, somebody says, I knew this person. And there was something about their life. They'd got something I'd not got. And I needed that. I wanted that. And I found out they went to church. And so I came to church and I gave my life to Jesus. Or over the years, we've heard people say, you know, I watched this person and they went through a crisis. They went through what I'm going through. And my world just seemed to be shaken. But they seemed to have a strength I've not experienced. They seemed to have a joy that I don't have. They seemed to maintain a self-worth that I don't have. I, I've seen that in people. I want what they've got. I, I've seen those people grow in their lives and become strong. I love watching our young people, our youth, which is a strong ministry in the life of our church, but it can get stronger. Amen. We're, we're believing that we could have 500 young people across the whole of Icon Church. Wouldn't that be awesome? But I love watching young people in the life of our church and it's happening right now and they, they come in and they're nervous and they're anxious. Sometimes, because this generation is super anxious generation, these are super anxious times, but as they come and they're exposed to God's presence and God's people, they gain confidence and they become strong, they become articulate, they're able to speak, they stand up here. They stand up here at 16, 17, 18 or in other campuses and they can talk. Strong, with confidence and strength. But not only that, they, there's something of God's spirit about them. I, I, love what, I love watching that. So that sense of God doing something that others notice is what attractional means for me. So in these final few moments, I just want to share three things. The first is this, the Spirit's work is relevant. This is what it means to me, the Spirit's work is Relevant. On the day the church was born, it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke in other languages. Now that can seem weird, can't it? That can seem strange. But it says this. This is how the people responded. Acts chapter 2, verses 7 to 12. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not these men who speak Galileans? Are not these women who are taught, speaking now Galileans? And how is it we can hear them speaking 
in our own language in which we were born. Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were amazed and perplexed, said to one another, what could this mean? You see, the first thing the Holy Spirit did was make the disciples understood. He made them relevant to their hearers. You know, we need to declare again and we need to have the conviction that the gospel is good news for all people at all times. Even Cretans, it says. That's people from Crete, by the way. Uh, (laughs) It's relevant today. We're not changing the gospel We're not changing the Bible, but we will change methods and style so that the gospel is relevant and can be understood by people in our generation. There's people you know and there's people you are praying for. And I believe, again, that most of our church we've not met yet, but there's people you know. There's people you are praying for. I believe will come to Christ in 2023. I believe you'll see worship. There's people that aren't in our community right now in in our campuses, but you'll see them baptized in 2023. You'll see that. You'll see that because God will fill us with his spirit and make us relevant and make us able to communicate the goodness of Jesus. You see, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the love of God, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God is relevant in every generation and is for all people. People. And so we want to invest this year. That's why we take our vision offering. We want to invest in those ministries across all our campuses. And where we have buildings and where we have equipment, we have to keep investing in those things. I know specifically this year in Stocksbridge, we want to make some investment in that building in Stocksbridge. I mean, just simply, we, uh, initially we want to make a disabled toilet on the same floor as where the auditorium is. We want to change the auditorium, improve some some of the equipment there the year year ahead that will make the church more accessible to people it'll make the church feel more open for people we're we're really looking forward and we're really believing that in 2023 we're going to see a whole batch of new people what about a river of new people in Stocksbridge in Sheffield in Derby and in Chesterfield We've had 500 and something new people already this year and we've not hit Christmas yet. How many more could we see? We need to prepare for more. The Spirit's work is relevant and it makes us relevant. It makes us understandable. We communicate in a relevant way. The second thing is the Spirit's work is powerful. Acts chapter 2 verses 43, it says... Fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Jesus changes lives. The Spirit's work is powerful. There's nothing you face, there's nothing I face, there's nothing any human being faces that Jesus cannot give strength for. And Jesus cannot transform. 
There's no psychological trauma. There's no, there's no fear. There's no anxiety. There's no physical ailment that Jesus cannot heal. The Spirit's work is powerful. And you know, as a church, we believe that. We believe that we can be set free to live in the goodness of God in our lives. One of the things we're doing pastorally, as part of strengthening pastoral, is we've got some of our our team who we've uh, got a course called the Keys to Freedom. We're taking individuals through that course, helping them become free in their lives from stuff that maybe they've they've carried or the anxieties that they've carried through their lives because we believe the Spirit's work is powerful. We always see healing, extraordinary miracles of healing in our church. I was, um, we, every year we have powerful testimonies of healing in the life of our church. Extraordinary testimonies of healing. Last Sunday I was preaching for Juanito Johnson in Spain and Juanito came, spoke at uh, our conference and um, in the opener Juanito cried all the way through because Craig was, did that opener which was awesome by the way, wasn't it? Craig. But he knew Craig's story, how ill he was in COVID and how that actually he shouldn't really be here. You know, I often tell the story, I shouldn't be here. They told Jeannie that I would have, I'm going to die four times in one day, but Craig really shouldn't be here. You know, oh, he should be part of Icon Church, but like, (laughs) you know what I mean, don't you? Incredible miracles of healing. Powerful testimonies of healing. And when Nito said, I just remembered that story. I remembered you talking to me. I remember you asking me to pray. And he said, when I saw Craig just leading that powerful moment opening, he said, I couldn't stop sobbing. I couldn't stop crying. We want prayer to be a strong ministry in the life of our church. One of those eight ministries. Because we believe God isn't finished. And maybe there's people here today and as you've been prayed for in this service, God has touched you and maybe he's yet to touch you, but he, he may well still touch you in this service because God isn't finished. The Spirit's work is powerful. And then the final thing, and I've alluded to this a little bit, is the Spirit's work is for everyone. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 41 says, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to the church. The church doors have to be open for everyone. Because there's a message that they need to hear. And we need to make it relevant. But also there's a power that they need to encounter. And they won't encounter that power in the pub. They won't encounter that power at the chess club. God can, do, God can do like whatever he wants, wherever he wants. But they will encounter it in his presence, in worship amongst his people. Those who gladly received his word were baptized and 3,000 souls were added to them. 3,000 souls baptized. Let me just say again, if you've not been baptized, next week you can be baptized. Sign up today. It's so good that we've got baptisms next week. You see, we can't keep this to ourselves. We have to be growth-minded, don't we? We have to be. 
Acts chapter 4 and verse 4, it says, However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to be about 5,000. The church is just growing and reaching out. And even when they get persecuted, and the devil says, I'll persecute them and scatter them. All he did was create these mission teams where 10 of them had to run away and ended up over there and 30 of them had to run away and ended up over there and all they did was start churches over there and see people saved over there and churches over there and preach the gospel over there and see people saved. By the way, when it says that the number of disciples grew to 5,000, Peter and John are in prison. Nothing can stop the Spirit's powerful work in the church. This is for everyone. So we've got a conviction. Here's our conviction as a church. God wants his church to grow. He wants Icon Church to grow. And building a culture of growth is a God-pleasing attitude. Because Jesus said, I will build my church. The worship team, creative team are going to come back. You see, God uses all of us. Sometimes it's our example. Sometimes it's how people, what see people see in us. Other times it's our witness that we talk to people. Sometimes, oftentimes, it's our invitation. Come to church. It's, I think it's Imagine on Tuesday, isn't it? And uh, like that is one of the areas where so many people come to Icon Church for the first time. They're invited to come to Imagine and they find out this is a place they want to belong. You see, the story of God in the Bible is not that God uses those who are already in alignment with him, but that by his grace, he draws us to himself. He draws people who are far away from him to himself and he brings them into alignment with his will and his purpose and his desire for them to flourish. God rescues us. God saves us. God brings us into his purposes and he draws those people to himself and he uses us for his purpose and for his glory. The Spirit's work is for everyone. There might be somebody in your world and you think they, there's no in, they have no interest in God. I want to tell you the Spirit's work is for them. It's for everyone. You might have people in your world that they won't talk to you because you're a Christian and you're like, they think you're super weird. What they don't know is you're really super normal, but in a, do you know what I mean? They think you, the Spirit's works for them too. Eight ministries strong. That's where we're going. We're not going to sit on our laurels and say, oh, youth's strong. Let's vote. No, no. Youth can be stronger. We're not going to focus and say, you know, our teaching is strong. No, no. Our teaching can be stronger. We're not going to sit back and say, oh, you know, prayer is strong. No. Prayer can be stronger in the life of our church. Jesus said this, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all the things I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, when people talk about we need to focus on making disciples. 
What they think about is the people they already know, the few. But Jesus says, go into all the world. Make disciples of people you don't know. Make disciples in nations you've never been. Don't you just love that connection with Poland and how we're serving there? Isn't that incredible? That's where we're going. Just throw that eight ministry strong up again so everyone can see it. Teaching, creative, kids, youth, pastoral, discipleship, leadership, development, prayer, governance, finance, and administration. This will be the foundation. Strong foundation for what God wants to do. And I've talked a little bit about what it means to be attractional as a church, what it means to believe as being an attractional church. And obviously over the next few weeks, I'm going to impact some of those other things as well. But you know why we're giving today? We're not just giving to cover our budget. We need to do that. But we're giving today and our vision offering is so that we can make progress. So that we can see more. Because our conviction is that God isn't finished why we're investing today, why Jeannie and I are investing in this vision offering, why we've been planning on what and praying about what we would invest is because we believe the Spirit's work is still relevant. The Spirit's work is powerful and the Spirit's work is for everyone. We as a church, we want it all. We want it all and we want it now. We want to be attractional relevant, powerful for everyone. We also want to be communal and we want to be intimate.